Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway, where Broadway meets Main Street. Here's your host, my pal, David Alpert. (laughs) Welcome to another magical episode of E-Ticket to Broadway. Now I want you all to think about your favorite attraction at a Disney theme park for the next five seconds. Ready? Okay, go. Now that you're all thinking about the Autopia, we're ready to get started. Whether this is your first time listening to the podcast or you've listened to every episode so far, I'm thrilled you're part of the E-Ticket to Broadway community. Be sure you're following the podcast on Instagram and head to www.eticketpodcast.com to shop and bring home some incredible merchandise, perfect to wear to rehearsals or a day at the parks. If you'd like to help both E-Ticket to Broadway and Gilana's Fun grow, show your support by joining the Patreon. From episode and Instagram shoutouts to video chats each month, becoming a Patreon supporter has never been easier or more fun. Take it from Craig, one of our incredible e-ticket members. Craig, thank you so much for supporting both e-ticket to Broadway and Gilana's Fund. You are Disney royalty as you're also a cast member. Have you always been a fan of the Disney parks? I've always been a fan of the Disney parks. Ever since I was a child, I mean, I was born and raised in Southern California. So it's one of those places where my parents would take me, you know, the once or twice a year trip. So it definitely was a part of my childhood, no doubt. Did you also love the Disney movies? I did love the Disney movies also. Um, You know, when I was a child, it was definitely pre-Renaissance period. So I was definitely a fan of like Robin Hood, The Rescuers. Those came out during my childhood. So so I do remember going to the theater and, and watching those. Are you upset that there's no Robin Hood attraction at Disneyland? I am quite upset about that. I remember I loved Robin Hood so much that one year when I was a kid, my grandmother made me a Robin Hood costume and it was amazing with the green hat and the red feather, but it didn't quite live up to my expectations because she didn't have a way to make me into a fox. So it just wasn't the same thing. I understand. But but it was a great costume though, and I still did wear it for Halloween. I don't think I've ever seen Robin Hood in the parks either. I have seen him rarely on those Special occasions, you might see those characters, like when there are times where we have characters who aren't there that often. You might see Robin Hood, Friar Tuck is another one, Sheriff of Nottingham once in a while. Sure. If there were to be a Robin Hood attraction, what do you think it would be like? Ooh. Like Dark Ride, Roller Coaster, what do you think? I think it would definitely have to be a Dark Ride. 
because I think there were just so many particular scenes in it that you could really embellish everything from, you know, going to the castle. I think you would have to have the scene where Robin Hood is disguised as a beggar and he gives his hat and his bow and arrow to Skippy. That would have to be in there. And then meeting Maid Marian when they're playing badminton, that would be a hysterical, um, hysterical scene. And I think obviously the archery contest and I think you could have the big climax where he has to jump off the castle uh, down into the moat below. And then, of course, you have the happy ending with with uh, King Richard returning and with Prince John and the others in the the, the rock quarry. And, and now that I'm thinking about it, I can totally picture this. Yeah. Well, and also the music of that movie is so fun. It would yes. be great. I think it's going to happen based on this interview. Maybe. We'll see. Can't take credit for it, but 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 we'll know. enjoy it. I don't know. It sounds like you can take credit for it. This sounds like a great ride. I would go on it. So Craig, clearly as a cast member, you've been to Disneyland many times. Do you have any traditions when you visit the park? I do. The one thing that I definitely always have to do, either when I first arrive in Disneyland Park or when I leave in the evening, I always have to either wave to Walt's window, his apartment over the firehouse when I get there, or say a little thank you or a goodnight, Walt, when I leave. Those are the things I definitely do every time. Yeah. And it's Walt's Park. I love, Craig, you were so kind to take a photo in front of the firehouse with your e-ticket to Broadway shirt. Shout mm-hmm. out to our merchandise. If you could have been at Disneyland on opening day, what would you have wanted to say to Walt Disney? Well, I would probably have thanked him for creating a 3D place, an actual place where people could go to experience the movies that they um, had always been enjoying. I, I do remember once when I was a child, I distinctly remember writing a letter to Walt Disney. Now, of course, he had passed probably about 10 years prior, but I, I still remember even as a child just having so much love and appreciation for Disney Entertainment that I, I did write that letter. I, I don't know what happened to it, but I, I remember writing that letter on my grandmother's kitchen table. It's very like Mary Poppins. It was ripped up. It went up the chimney and then came back down. And I bet you know, Julie it, Andrews has that. Maybe. Or or maybe Walt does have it somewhere. Yeah, probably. I think it'd been so cool to be their opening day just to kind of, you know, experience that. I mean, it was, you know, as we both know, it was one of a kind. It was it was so exciting and you know. It would have been. I think it would have been a little surreal also, because obviously back then, or I think if you could go back in time and see it, it would have been amazing just because at the time they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what was going to happen. He had his critics. A lot of people thought it was going to fail and just seeing what the environment and what the atmosphere would have been like when, when people didn't know, because it was such a new concept. Yeah. I think it'd be more fun to, to today go on a you know time machine and go back and say like, Walt, you have no idea but in 65 years, we're still going to be loving this place. Yes. And he'll be like, who are you? <laughs> like, you don't know me, but I have a podcast. <laughs> Craig works here. It's really exciting. <laughs> so Craig, you're a cast member. If you could have any other job at the park, which one would you choose? Ooh, any other job at the park? Besides being an Imagineer and creating the new Robin Hood attraction. Right. Aside from that, I think... Well, I think I would want to be, maybe I'd want to be the Disneyland ambassador for a day 
it, it's an amazing role. And, and I know a lot of people, I have many friends who have been in that role and they're all exceptional people. It is amazing, but it also takes a lot of responsibility and a lot of dedication on that part. But I think for a day, just to be the representative and, and be able to you know, thank cast members for the amazing job that they're doing. I think for a day, that would be fun. Yeah. And also you love the, you know, for lack of a better term, you love the brand, you're knowledgeable about it. I think that'd be a great position. So current day Disneyland, what are some of your favorite attractions? Current day Disneyland. Well, Star Wars Rise of the Resistance is definitely up there. I will not go into detail because I know you, you have not been on it yet. So as of, no as, of recording, as of recording this, I have not been on it. You are correct. So that just, it's so amazing. Just the technology and the storytelling that goes into that. That's that's one of my favorites. Um, so Soren is another one. And I will say I am partial to Soren over California versus Soren around the world. I do like the original. We do differ, but okay. I support you. I see you. <laughs> Um, but I would say my favorite attraction probably is the Matterhorn bobsleds. Oh yeah. That that's my favorite. I think I, I, I can't handle the violence of it as much as I could when I was a child. Uh, my back and joints do not do as well with that these days, but it's still a favorite for me. It's, I mean, Disneyland park is the only park that has a Matterhorn attraction it when you think about the history it was the first roller coaster that had tubular steel rails it was the first e-ticket ride and i I think just from a nostalgic standpoint and and you can relate to this david you know when you're a child and you're driving down the five freeway to go to disneyland it's the first thing you see it's like you've been on the freeway for a while and when you see the matterhorn you know you're close so in that sense it's it's almost as symbolic as sleeping beauty castle in terms of knowing that you're you have arrived. For sure. Well, Craig, I love how much you love Disneyland. Like me, I think we're both land boys, uh, but it is now time for a game. We are going to play Fast Pass Answers because you live and breathe Disney. So I have total faith in you. I know you know how this goes. 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question. How are you feeling? Awesome. I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm feeling excited, but nervous too. So, yeah. So let's do it. Yeah. It's like when you're about to go on the Matterhorn. Exactly. Excited, but nervous. Okay, here we go. 30 seconds after I asked the first question, Craig, who is your favorite Disney character? Stitch. Favorite snack in the parks? Dole Whip. Name any ride in Tomorrowland? Space Mountain. um, Hyperspace Mountain. I'll be specific. Specific. Name any Disney cat that speaks English. Thomas O'Malley. Favorite Broadway musical? Beauty and the Beast. Name any character that has appeared in Fantasmic. Mickey Mouse. Name a Disney villain. Hades. Time. Nice. Okay, you got me Thank with that. Thank you. Tom, that was so specific. I was expecting like a Simba, Mufasa, and nope, we went right. Very specific. Well, again, Aristocast was one of those movies that came out around the time that I was a child, so I, I do remember it. And shout out to Hyperspace Mountain. Yes, yes. That overlay is amazing. And also, Craig, Doll Whips. You love a Doll Whip. I do love my, my Doll Whip. I, I love the fact that we have Tropical Hideaway now, so you have two locations where you can get it. And I have to say, the pineapple raspberry mix is amazing. I'm not a big raspberry fan, but those two together work really, really well. Have you ever tried making a Doll Whip at home? 
I have not. My sister did. I'm not sure how it turned out, but. I mean, you could if you wanted to. We could, but it's not the same. Yeah. (laughs) Craig, what do you think makes Disneyland so special, you know, over 60 years later? I think the fact that Disneyland has just become such a part of people's lives, whether it's their childhood or even if they went later in life. I know a number of your your guests have said that they didn't go into the Disney parks until they were adults. But no matter what your age is, it totally just becomes a part of who you are, what you enjoy. I know that, I mean, obviously the park had been closed for a while and, and it just recently opened up again. And I know for me personally, I wondered how emotional I would get when Disneyland reopened. And surprisingly to myself, I, I did not get super emotional. What, what I felt though was, I felt a sense of calm. I sort of felt at peace. It was sort of like everything's right in the world again. Now that this park is open, it feels like, you know, er- everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be all right. I think back to one of Walt's quotes when he talked about he doesn't want the public to feel like they're in the real world. He wants them to feel like they're in another world when they're there. And I remember as a child, I used to take that quote very literally and thought, well, that's really cheesy. But as an adult, you understand what he meant. He wants people to be somewhere else. And it's true. When you're at the park, you don't think about your responsibilities or paying bills or anything like that. You truly are in a different place. And and one of my fellow cast members was talking to me about how now Walt's opening day speech today, after all we've been through and the park opening again, it takes on such such a profound meeting. Just simply the to all who come to this happy place, welcome. It is so powerful these days. Agreed. I love that. Well, Craig, thank you for your time. And again, for being one of the Patreon supporters and supporting both the podcast and Gil Fun. I truly appreciate your support. You are very welcome, David. And thank you for creating this podcast. I know it's gotten me and many others through the past year and a half. So we really appreciate you as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the parks. Oh, you said it. I love it. Yes, I hope so too. On this episode, I'm joined by Disney royalty. She's been seen on Broadway in Mamma Mia, In the Heights, and of course, as the original Princess Jasmine in the Broadway musical Aladdin. Don't you dare close your ears. Here is Courtney Reed. Courtney, welcome to E-Ticket to Broadway. You're one of the first people I met when I moved to New York City, and we've never talked about Disneyland, which is a crime. So are you ready to do so today? I'm so ready. Let's do it. We're (laughs) going to talk about Jasmine a bit later, but let's go back in time. Were you a Disney kid growing up? Did you enjoy the movies or go to the parks? Oh my gosh. Well, my parents didn't take me to the parks because I was neglected as a child. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, mom and dad. Um, We were like beach people and they were not about like spending money because I come from that kind of household. But I was obsessed with watching basically all of the Disney classics. And when I say classics, to me, classics like Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, all of those classics, you know, like the the ones that the we watched when we were kids. Yeah, the Renaissance in the VHS, yeah. like rewind, oh, yeah. like, I mean, full out, no marking. For sure. I mean, like, even though I was also a kid of the 80s, I definitely was like Snow White, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Pinocchio. So that when Little Mermaid came out, I was like ready. 
Did you remember seeing any of them in the movie theater? No. See, my parents were so cheap. We just wore out those VHS. Like, we wore them out like it was our job. Um, no, I never saw it in the movie, I don't think. And in the in the theater, I don't think. I should ask But those sister. cassette tapes, those like foamy cassette plastic, you know. <gasps> They're so iconic. I actually have a journal that looks like a lot, like a friend gave it to me. And it's like one of those, have you seen those? Yes. <gasps> it's the best. I know. And did you have a favorite character from watching all of those Disney movies? I mean, it's so cliche, but Jasmine. She <laughs> yes. was, I, I mean, I've been saying this for like years because, you know, I'm like yeah. 90 years old and I'm still playing Jasmine. But I, I really <laughs> like, she was the first ethnic princess to me that I felt like I looked like. And so here I am watching this exotic queen with like a little darker skin tone and dark hair. And I was like, wait, I can be a princess too. Because I just really didn't, I mean, I loved Ariel. I loved Belle. I just didn't look like them. So here comes Jasmine and she's like so iconic. She's so sassy and she's like sexy and she wears a bra and pants. Like, I mean, she's so iconic. Um, I just, I want to She's got Raja. Like, like, yeah. Did you want to ask for like a pet tiger growing up? Uh, no, but get this. So we had a toy room and my parents were like, put all your crap toys in this room. And it's like a room underneath the stairs. But to make it kind of cute, they painted it into an Aladdin room with like the genie and a booze on there and everything. It's so cute. It's still there. It still exists. I mean, this is for a lot of us that still love Disney. You, we go back in time and we're like, yep, it started at a young age. I mean, the fact that you had an, an Aladdin toy room Come on. I mean, come on. Remember the sheets with the genie and Abu and the whole thing? It's just like they were so like, they were so raggedy and they got so pilly and they were probably like one thread count, but you didn't care. Right. It was so good. I love that you're talking about that the representation of a, of a Disney princess that looks different than the ones that uh, preceded her. What was that like for you? I mean, I know it's incredible, but I just want to continue pushing out there that representation does matter. And it really can make a wonderful impact in the world. Oh my gosh, completely. And you know, my nieces, so my oldest niece is eight. My youngest is one. And they, wa- I mean, they love Moana and they love, you know, Raya that just, just came out, the South, the first Southeast Asian. I'm Southeast Asian. So I was like so pumped when that came out. And they don't know that life. Like they don't know the life that I knew as if this is no struggle. You know what I mean? But like, they don't know that life. They don't know the life before the first ethnic princess. And so what a beautiful thing, you know, they have Pocahontas and Mulan and, and Jasmine and Moana, and they have all of these ethnic Queens and Tiana, um, that they, they don't know that life before, you know, before back in the day. So (laughs) it's just, it's wonderful to have just glorious representation all over Disney. Okay, so we loved Jasmine as a kid. We loved Aladdin. Did you have any favorite moments from the movie that you would recite often, whether it's on the streets or in the showers? Oh, my goodness. Well, what's so funny is that when I did the Broadway show, there were some iconic lines that weren't in the musical. And I was, of course, like so upset. You know, good night, my handsome prince, like little things like that. And Linda Larkin, come on. She's so iconic. Her voice. I was so when I met her for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. You're Jasmine for real. You're Jasmine in real life because her voice is exactly like the voice in the film. Um, but those, those, um, I mean, it was me for me, like for real, just like singing all of the songs. And in in um, 
Little Mermaid. I mean, who didn't sing Part of Your World a thousand million times? <laughs> it's just so iconic. Alan Macon knows how to write a tune. But I would, I probably just sang the songs like over and over again. We would get those cassette tapes. That was before, of course, Spotify or YouTube or iTunes. And you would just get that cassette tape as soon as it came out and then just play it. And then you'd have to like turn it over. I mean, this is, you had to be committed. This is dedication, Hanny. Dedication. Dedication. My favorite line that Jasmine had in the movie is when Aladdin's on the carpet and he says, like, do you trust me? And she says, what? Or something like that. And he oh. goes, do, do you trust me? And she looks at him, cocks her head and says, yes. 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 I oh, love it's it. so good. Oh, it's so good. I just got chills. Because in that moment, I think she's like, I think I know who you are. I'm going to do this, but I know I know what's going on. Oh, and that was back in the day when they used to do, you know, like the the drawing animations. Like every single sheet of paper and that the the emotions come through so vividly. It's like those moments you remember forever. So good. There's something really great about that animation where it's literally a human hand making it, not a mm-hmm. not a mouse and inside a computer. And you I think that really, especially for those of us that grew up with the Renaissance, we saw that. It was really awesome. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I know you said you didn't go to the parks as a kid. When was the first time you did go to the parks? Okay, so I went to Disney World for the first time, and this was with my college boyfriend and his family. And they were like, we're going to Disney World for a week. And I was like, oh! And I remember um, waking up in the morning and have, having like Mickey um, uh, Mickey waffles, and it was so iconic. And I remember before I went, it was for spring break. I was like, working out in the gym, and some guy was like, "So, what are you doing for spring break?" And I was like, "I'm going to Disney World." And he was like, "Ugh, lame." And I just remember feeling like, a first of all, why did you say that? Like, I'm obviously excited to go to Disney World for the first time, and you just crushed all of my dreams. And second of all, like. Who says that about Disney World? It just makes no sense. Like, also, if you feel that way, just don't say it out loud. It was so rude. I was like, I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to live my best life. (laughs) Isn't that rude? Courtney, let me tell you, everyone listening to this is going to side with you and they're going to be like, that is so rude. I mean, (laughs) you were in a safe place. But yeah, I know. there's There's a moment when we have kept our Disney love a little quieter. And now I'm hoping everyone can live their authentic truth. That Yes, we do love going to the Disney parks. Yes, it doesn't mean that we're, we have Peter Pan syndrome. It just means that sometimes we want to relive those fairy tales and those iconic moments. I keep saying iconic, but those moments that shaped our childhood. Like, why would we not want to go and just have fun and in, in, in fairy tale land? Like, yeah, of course. There's nothing wrong with that. So you're you're going you're in Orlando, you're going to Walt Disney World, you've never been. Tell me what it was like when you saw that castle for the first time down Main Street. Oh my gosh. I mean, you're just sort of transported to your little self, your little miniature self. And it's just all so magical. I think that's I think that's a line actually from Aladdin, but it really is. And you're on Main Street and you're looking at this, you know, this sort of like this fairy tale town. And I was always kind of obsessed with that growing up. I was obsessed with being like on a set. Like I thought it was the coolest thing ever. But yeah, I mean that and then there's Epcot and and all of the different worlds that you're in and you're just it just takes you to a happy place. I just felt so happy. <laughs> Do you remember any of the rides that you went on that you were like that was amazing. I want to go back on that immediately? Um, that 
I feel like it was such a blur back then. It was such a blur. It's like Disneyland I'm more familiar with because I've been several times now since like as like an adult adult. But I think I remember maybe it wasn't Guardians at the time. I think it was um, Tower of Terror. Yes, Tower of Terror. Yeah. Tower of Terror was like obviously terrifying but so good like the kind of so good that you're just like terrified but you're laughing so hard that you're like terrified and you think you're gonna die but it's just so good in the best way <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i'm actually I, i've said i've shared this on the podcast that ride actually does terrify me now that i remember the time that i went on it laughing and i was like this isn't happy laughter <laughs> this is this is i need to not do this again this i need to not do this again So you go to Walt Disney World in college. Let's talk about going to the OG when you went to Disneyland for the first time. When was that? Okay. So this was when um, Aladdin was nominated for a Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album. And I was like nominated. So, of you know, Courtney Reed Grammy nominee, which is the funniest thing that's ever happened in this world. And so I'm thinking like, if I'm now never be nominated for a Grammy again, so I need to go to the Grammys. So since, since I was going to the Grammys, I had mentioned to, I'd asked for a couple days off. I mentioned to Tom Schumacher, who's the head of Disney theatrical, if you didn't know. And I said, Tom, I've never been to Disneyland. Is there anything that you recommend that I could do? He's like, I'm hooking you up with a full itinerary. The full itinerary was Obviously the best ever, including a dinner at Club wait, Club 33. Yes, Club 33. Okay, I was like I was like 39, no, Club 33, which I had no idea was such a big deal. And such I, a big deal. Such a big deal. And so he had this full itinerary for me, and it was just so incredible. And um we end the evening with Club 33, and of course, I'm in like a t-shirt that says like Aladdin on it and some cutoff shorts, and they're like, um, are you good, sis? And my boyfriend at the time, he had to like give him, they had to give him a jacket. I mean, we had no idea that it was like this big deal, and it was the best food ever. It was so good. Club 33 is iconic. I will say it for you this time. I've only gotten <laughs> to go once, but but I, I, I just, it's just, it's, I, I'm speechless. Good pun intended, speechless. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. What else do you remember from that trip to Disneyland? And please don't say that the castle was small. I don't, I don't remember the castle being small. And in fact, when I look at it, I still don't feel like it's small. I guess even though it is smaller than Disney World, but um, there's just this kind of charm to Disneyland that I think that I prefer just because I know also that it's the OG. So I'm kind of like one of those people that I like love the OGs of OGs. And we, um, we went to go see Aladdin at the Hyperion. And what was so funny is that a bunch of the cast knew that I was there. And so it was this whole thing. And they were like, we're so honored you're here. And I was like, I'm so honored I'm here to watch you all. And I think that was the last time that I got to see the show, the first and last time I got to see the show, because then they brought Frozen in after that. Yeah. Yeah. You, Courtney, are actually our second original Jasmine in a stage production because Dee Dee Magno Hall, of course, originated in California Adventure. And you originated on Broadway. So like- this is very exciting. Dee Dee. We love Dee Dee. Who we doesn't love Dee Dee? We love Dee Dee. Her voice is iconic and she's an icon. I mean, icon. Iconic is like the the word of the hour, but she truly is. 
And if you're going to be in the Mickey Mouse Club and Sister Act 2, come on, you're an icon. I mean, come on. And she's like dipped in the, she's like Leia Salonga. Like they're both dipped in the fountain of youth. Their voices are crystal clear. They're, they're moms and just look like they're 14. It just doesn't make any sense. I know, I know. So this trip to Disneyland, you go to Club 33, you're living your best life. Do you remember going on any rides or meeting any characters there that was very memorable? Well, I actually didn't get to meet Aladdin and Jasmine until the next time that I went. Um, but I, uh, I I don't remember why I, I couldn't meet them that time around. Um, but I loved it. This is probably um, not what people normally say is their favorite ride, but I loved Peter Pan. Oh, that's that's a great choice. People right? love Peter Pan's flight. Yeah. I love Peter Pan. It was just so, um, so light and airy and no stress and so pretty. And I, I felt like the attention to detail was glorious. And I loved the Cars ride. I still love the Cars ride. Oh. It's the best. So good. Yes, it is a great ride. So I cannot good. wait to go on it again. We love Radiator Racers. Oh, we do. We do. And it's always so fit the race at the end too. You always like kind of forget that it's happening. It's so good. I took my nieces on it for the first time and they were like, what? So good. I mean, they've managed, it's an e-ticket ride. Shout out to the e-ticket rides that it's a dark ride and it's also a roller coaster. I mean, it's just, it's so well done. We love it's it. It's so well done. Courtney, you sent photos of yourself at the parks with a Disney legend Susan Egan. What was that like going to Disneyland with the voice of Meg, Broadway's original Belle, our first guest on E-Ticket to Broadway? What was that like going with her? Was she the first guest? Of course she she was. was. The first guest, the first Disney princess on Broadway. I mean, icon, icon of icons. It it was so funny. It was such a whirlwind because we were there. um, We were doing a show, uh, the Broadway Princess Party, then the Broadway Princess Party, now Disney Princess the Concert, which is amazing. But you know, we just kind of like went to all the iconic spots. We had like two hours or something or an hour and a half. We were like, okay, we're going to go to the castle. Okay. Take a picture here. Okay. To the fountain. And so it was so funny how we were just like rushing around. And of course I show up with like my hair and um like Mickey buns, space buns. And I'm wearing like, you know, a Mickey t-shirt and they're like wearing dresses. And I thought, oh no, <laughs> I'm, I'm not dressed for this. Oops. I, um, then I had a, a like a sundress in my backpack. I threw that on and we took all these pictures and it was honestly so fun. But yeah, I mean, Susan, you just like kind of forget she's such a big deal. It's because like, she's like my friend, right? So when they're your friends, you forget that they're like such a big deal. But you know, she was, I think, spotted several times while we were there like rushing. She's like, oh yeah, of course. Take picture move forward. So great. So tell me what that was like to meet Aladdin and Jasmine in the park. Oh my gosh. Well, this is so hilarious. Okay. So I'm there with Susan, uh, Susan Egan, Laura Ostinus, Adam Levy, who's our resident prince and Benjamin Rahala. And we're waiting in line to see Aladdin and Jasmine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like actually going to happen. Like I'm so excited. And we see the Jasmine sort of like look back And she's looking over towards us. And then I see her sort of whisper to Aladdin. I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I just got Broadway spotted. They recognize me. This is so crazy. Oh my gosh. So then we get up there and I realize that it's actually a girl that Adam Levy went to high school with. So she was looking over my shoulder at Adam Levy. And I was like, meanwhile, I thought that I was spotted, but it wasn't me at all. She had no idea who I was. 
<laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, embarrassed. So Adam went to high school in Agrabah? Yes, he that's went to high so school weird. in Agrabah. Isn't that insane? Wow. <laughs> and I guess he went to a royal school because that's definitely Jasmine in the park. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like definitely. she popped like out of the animation and into the parks. So here's a question. When we meet characters in the parks, I know there's a there's a lot of fan theories, but like when you see Aladdin as like the quote unquote street rat, do you ever want to say to him like, hey, heads up, it's all going to be okay? Oh my gosh, no, but I'm definitely going to do that the next time I meet him. That's genius. Like when you meet Beauty and the Beast in the park, and usually the Beast is in his Beast form, sometimes you want to be like, hey, I've watched to the end of the VHS and like, it's going to be okay. But like, It's going to be fine. You're actually going to be super hot after this. (laughs) Don't worry. Courtney, it's time to talk about Aladdin. So you kind of brought this up, but your bio in the playbill began with you that you couldn't believe that you were playing your favorite Disney princess. Did you relate to Jasmine at all, whether as a kid or developing the world that you were like, this really feels like me? Oh my gosh, 100%. I just felt like uh, I didn't have to reach very very far as an actor to portray Jasmine. I'm like, you know, what you want to do is obviously, um, you know, portray the character in the best way possible. You don't want to veer too far from the icons that created it in the animation. But I felt like she's so similar to me. She's so strong and independent. She sort of speaks her mind. I kind of do that a little bit, maybe to a fault. Um, She's definitely probably a better human than I am because she's (laughs) the people's princess because she really is. What's so funny, I feel like she's totally misunderstood. I think think people view Jasmine and they're like, well, but she's so privileged. And I'm like, but that's the whole thing is that she was born super privileged, but had that kind of street rat mind. You know, that's why she identified so much with Aladdin because she's like, I don't care about all these stupid things that everyone else cares about. I just want to experience life. And and Aladdin wanted the same. And but, you know, they come from two different worlds and they finally they meet up and she's done with seeing all these you know, terrible dudes that just keep coming in wanting her riches. And she's like, I'm over it. But I I love her. Yeah. I mean, like she does speak her mind. She does try and question the way things are made. And she's like, I think we need to change this. I, I support that. If you could meet Jasmine in real life, what would you want to do together? Well, I would be like, girl, can we go on that magic carpet though? For real? Yeah. That's, that's the appropriate answer. Yes, I mean, come on. But I would just, I'd probably want to go to the palace. I want to see it IRL. I have to see it IRL. Totally. Going back to the Broadway production, did you have a favorite costume that you wore? You had so many wonderful designs. Oh What's my gosh, favorite? Greg Barnes is the best. Um, I loved the wedding costume. Well, first of all, my favorite color is pink. And it's this light pink wedding costume. And although it weighed like 15 pounds, um, with just the, you know, the beads and the fabric, but so glorious and so pretty. And I love the way that it fit me. Um, uh, I wish I could just keep it. Maybe I could just like break into the, you know, the storage room and just like take my wedding costume and like wear it for my actual wedding. I remember wearing it feeling like, okay, what am I going to wear for my actual wedding? This is, this is just tragic. And we've had him on the podcast. We love him. What was it like doing scenes with Jonathan Freeman? Oh my goodness. He... Okay, so when we did the first reading back in 2010, 
his first words, I think, were something like, uh, yes, your majesty. And we were so taken aback to hear Jafar live in living color that we all just sort of gasped and then stood up and started applauding him. We gave him a standing ovation because it's just so iconic. I know. That's the word of the episode. But truly, I mean, like, you truly. are, like... When you're playing those scenes, it's like you're kind of acting with the VHS in a way. It's it's the same voice. Oh, it's the same voice. It's unprecedented. It's never been done on a Broadway stage. Yeah. That's really exciting. And are, do you still talk to Jonathan? I do. I was just texting with him recently because, you know, now that Broadway's coming back and the whole thing and 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 I've had stints of going back in and out and there were, you know, there's always like rumors of that I'm going to come back for a little stint and, you know, and so he was texting. He's like, okay, give me the tea. Uh, and, you know, we, we caught up and he's just such a kind, down-to-earth person that's had wild success in this business and and still is just the humblest the greatest of all we love him we love him if you could have played another character in aladdin not jasmine which character would you choose well obviously the genie i hate to say it but the genie because he gets all of the praise and all of the attention and you know he's not even the lead he's he and he gets the best moments and the standing ovations and all that. I was like, oh, well, <laughs> of course, James Monroe Iglehart would get all of the attention. Um, but yeah, I mean, it would be the genie. It's, the, it's you got just that like wedding the dress. You I got know. that wedding dress. You're so right. You're so I right. Think he did. He sure didn't. Courtney, if you were to get a job at the parks, what job would you want? Oh, wow. Great question. A job at the parks. I would probably be the person that um, does all of the arranging for people to stay in the in the castle. Did you uh-huh. you and, you know about this right? Where you can like yeah, s- and, and spend Cinderella the night. Castle. Yeah. yeah, and I would be like I would arrange all of it so that I could just like on the sly be inside the castle whenever I wanted to. And just be like, oh, I just need to check something out and just go to the <laughs> castle, like take a nap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be me. They're like, we're trying to make a reservation. Where is Miss Reed, who's supposed to be here? And they're like, she's actually taking a nap in the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. They're like, that tracks. And she's wearing some sort of pink wedding dress. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so follow up. If Jasmine were to get a job at the Disney parks, what job do you think she would want? Um, She would... Oh... Oh, gosh, that's really good. Um, she would definitely be in charge of something. Agreed. She would be in charge of um, – she would uh, She would be the CEO of the Disneyland. She could. She also – I could see her doing like being in charge of like new cast member training because she could be like we have a – you know, she could take that royal like this is what we need to do, but we want you to find your authentic self. These are the rules, but this is how we – but I think she wants to be in charge. Oh, she definitely wants she to be should. in charge. She's and a she natural should. leader. She's great. And she's she's good with people. Oh, silly. We'll be right back. Oh, what's the big idea with these commercials? Oh, it's time for Fast Pass Answers. <laughs> It is time for everyone's favorite. This is Fast Pass Answers. I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock after I ask the first question for you to answer as many of these questions as possible. Are oh you ready? Gosh. I'm so nervous. 
Okay. I'm so ready. I mean. I support you. I support you. <laughs> Courtney Reed, name any song from Aladdin. A whole new world. Favorite snack in the parks? Uh, the hot dog. No, Mickey Mouse, the ice cream. Name any character from In the Heights. Carla. Favorite ride in Fantasyland? Uh, which one's Fantasyland? With all the dark rides, Peter Pan's Flight. Peter Pan's Peter Flight. Pan! Peter Pan! Favorite Disney villain? Jafar. Name a song from Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, here I go again. Name any talking Disney animal. Ra- oh, it's not Raja. Okay. Abu- oh, I'm- no. Um, Pascal. Oh, no. None of them. <laughs> Abu. Listen, he goes, I'm going to take... That's right. Abu does communicate. So I'm going to accept Abu. But way to just choose a lot of them that don't speak English. Like in a row. Why? That was impressive. Okay. Let's be more specific with our Mickey Mouse ice cream because it's my favorite. Are you talking about the sandwich or the bar? The bar. The dark chocolate bar. So good. Yes. Those are good. I'm the sandwich, but we support the bar. We support the bar. And favorite Disney villain (laughs) besides Jafar, which of course you have a very personal connection to. Are there any other villains that you love from the catalog? Oh, Ursula. Yeah. I mean, she's so villainous. She is good. She's good. That body she's language. She's like, the, uh, the body language. She's, if, she is like a, she's the ultimate queen. Put on your thinking ears. It's trivia time. Oh, boy. It's trivia time. A truly classic attraction, the Enchanted Tiki Room opened in Disneyland in 1963 and in Walt Disney World in 1971. Though in 1998, the attraction was rethemed and became known as the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management, which was not received well by guests. Joining Jose, Michael, Pierre, and Fritz were two birds from Disney animated movies who disrupted the classic show. The gods were certainly angered, and in 2011, a small fire broke out in the attraction, and the damage made the Tiki Room close. Rather than fixing it, they simply restored the Tiki Room to its original management. My question for you, Courtney, which two Disney birds from animated movies were the ones to join for over 10 years? Oh. What? Disney birds? Animated movies. Animated These two movies. birds joined the Tiki Room. Um, was it Iago? Was one of them Iago? That is correct. One of them was <laughs> Iago. Yes. Do you remember the other one? Oh. Did you even? Did you ever see this? I did not see it. I watched I it on YouTube. I never saw this. It, no. it was a bold choice. It was a bold choice. Well, I'm going to give you a hint. The other bird is also from the Renaissance of Disney. Hmm. So it's like in the same, you know, the same era. Oh, um... Oh, is um, what's his what's his name from from the Little Mermaid? That it's not the, um, it's not Scuttle. It's not we Scuttle. Love Scuttle. <laughs> I think it would have probably continued under that management if it were Scuttle and Iago, but it wasn't. It was not Scuttle. <gasps> but you're in the, you're thinking correctly. It's that oh, it's in the same world. Interesting. Okay. You mentioned this movie already. This movie also has been made into a Disney on Broadway musical. Is there a bird in Beauty and the Beast? Oh, okay. Obviously. Oh, Lion King. Um yes, it, it's um what's his name? It's Zazu. Zazu, Zazu. Of course. Oh my gosh. Zazu. So go on YouTube. That's you can look hilarious. at the Enchanted Tiki Room under new management with Iago, which you got so correct, and yes. Zazu. 
Courtney, in the Broadway musical Aladdin, you brought to the stage These Palace Walls, a song sung by Jasmine as she dreams about escaping the pressures and strict boundaries of living within her royal housing. Much like Agrabah, the Disney parks also have a shining castle as its centerpiece, though I'm not sure we want to escape those palace walls. So in this game, I'm going to give you a clue, and I need you to tell me which palace or castle from the Disney park I'm referring to. Are you ready for this wondrous chase? Yes. So the answers will be one of the following. Disneyland in California, Walt Disney World in Florida, Tokyo Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, Hong Kong Disneyland, or Shanghai Disneyland. Got it. Have you been to any of the international parks? I have not. Oh, so this will be really fun. We're going to learn together. Okay, number one for these palace walls. The palace walls of this park is named after Aurora, but in one of his earlier TV shows showing the construction progress, Walt Disney called this castle Snow White's Castle. Mm, Snow White's Castle. Disneyland Paris. It's actually Disneyland in California, the original one, even though it is Sleeping Beauty's Castle, which you're correct, Disneyland Paris is also Sleeping Beauty. In an early TV show, as Walt Disney was sharing the construction of Disneyland, he called it Snow White's Castle. (gasps) I know. Walt. Can you imagine? And what's funny is like, there's an homage to Snow White near the castle in Disneyland. Anyway, here comes number two for these palace walls. These palace walls contribute to the tallest castle in all the Disney theme parks at 200 feet. I bet it's Tokyo Disneyland. You are close. You're in the right area of the world. Hong Kong. Oh, Shanghai. It is Shanghai Disneyland. (laughs) Shanghai Disneyland is 200 feet. It's the tallest one. Wow. No. Okay, I think you're going to like this one because you've already mentioned wanting to work there. This castle once featured King Stefan's Banquet Hall. Is it Walt Disney World? It is, which is very confusing because, of course, that king is in Sleeping Beauty. And you're like, why is Sleeping Beauty's king in Walt Disney World, which is Cinderella Castle? So in 1997, they actually changed it to Cinderella's Royal Table. The more you know. Wow, the more you know. Okay, number four for these palace walls. Under this palace's wall sits a very large sleeping dragon. Okay, definitely Tokyo Disneyland. It is Hong Kong. To- nope. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm really not nailing this one. No, you're okay. Paris? It is. It is Paris. Oh, wow. And it's beautiful. It's really large. It's lovely. Okay, here comes number five. For the 50th anniversary of this park, the palace walls were decorated with crowned turrets, each representing a different decade from its past. Okay, definitely Disneyland. That is, that's right. Because Disneyland's the only park at this point to right. celebrate 50 years, even though Disney World, while well, Disney World's coming up. But I actually worked there this that summer and the castle was stunning. There were five mm. different crowns. There was mouse ears for the first decade, then rockets for New Tomorrowland the Blue Fairy for the Main Street Electrical Parade, Mara and the Snakes for Indiana Jones, and then for the 50th Tinkerbell and fireworks. So well done. You've got. Have you got on the Indiana Jones ride? Of course. So good, right? So good. We love it. Okay, number six. Originally based on the original Disneyland design, these palace walls were completely redesigned and reopened as the Castle of Magical Dreams in 2020 and pays tribute to 14 leading women of the Disney catalog, including Jasmine. Tokyo. So close. Uh, Hong Kong. Yes, it is Hong Kong Disneyland. Yes. I haven't been, but it looks really cool. 
Okay, we've got four more. This palace includes a concrete balcony walkthrough with beautiful stained glass windows and tapestries dedicated to Sleeping Beauty. Disneyland Paris. That is right. It's so beautiful. It's very Parisian and lovely. Of course. Yes, Disneyland Paris is correct. Okay, these palace walls, number eight. In 2018, this castle received water fountains installed for a new nighttime presentation to celebrate its 35th anniversary celebration. Oh. Um, Tokyo. Yes, Tokyo Disneyland. Yes! Yes, they just passed 35 years. Wow. The first international park. Okay. This one's fun. These palace walls were redesigned to resemble an 18-story birthday cake for its 25th anniversary. Hmm, 25th anniversary. Shanghai? I should have helped you. This was in the 90s. Oh, Disneyland. Or Walt Disney World. Yes, Walt Disney World. Did you see it? It was a very bold choice. The castle was turned into a big birthday cake. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Iconic. Iconic. Okay, last one. These palace walls are part of the castle known as the Enchanted Storybook Castle in this park. Shanghai. Yes, it is Shanghai, the Enchanted yes! Storybook Castle. It looks so cool. There's like a lot of water rides. It's very cool. Good. Okay, Courtney, you did so well on these palace walls. <laughs> Again, I don't think we want to escape these palaces, but you know, teach their own. Definitely. Oh, I really want to go to all of these now. I know. Let's go. Great. Ask the genie to borrow that magic carpet. Actually, (laughs) hold up. Now that Jasmine has married Aladdin, does she own the magic carpet? Of course. Happy wife, happy life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you're going to get on that magic carpet. You're going to go to all these parks. It's going to be thrilling. It's going to be great. It's going to be a thrilling chase, a wondrous place. Now let's hear from some of you. Uh Uh-huh. We put it on our Instagram. Courtney, your fans are very excited to ask you about Disney. Here we go. Mark asks, what was the most challenging thing about taking on the role of Jasmine on Broadway? Oh, letting people down. I think you have to just bless and release the fact that it doesn't really matter what happens or what you do. Like somebody's going to be disappointed just because these characters are so beloved and everyone knows them that you know you can't make everyone happy. So I had to that was the, that was the biggest challenge for me because I'm like a people pleaser. I just want everyone to be happy. Sure. And everyone was happy. Oh, All those kids you. that came to the show, come on. I we mean, do it for come the on. Exactly. Tom asks how it feels being a Disney princess every day when you tour with the princess party. Oh. It's so good. It's funny because I thought, okay, when I'm no longer playing Jasmine, I guess I won't be Jasmine anymore. But not true. (laughs) Now that we're touring as Disney Princess the concert and we don't have to say like, uh, we don't have to not say Disney anymore. It's great. We're like, oh no, they're not right. They're not suing us anymore. We're actually partnered with them. So it's, it's so wonderful. I get to continue living the Jasmine dream. I'll be 90 and I'll still be referred to as Jasmine. It'll be great. And when you're on tour with the princess party, do birds wake you up and like undo the sheets and take you out of bed? Of course. How did you know? You must have seen my Instagram video. That's right. I did. Just kidding. Alana asks, if you had three Disney park wishes, what would they be? Well, I would have, okay, 
number one, I would have one of those like fancy tour guides that all the celebrities have. And I would just go to the front of the line. That's so selfish. And then maybe actually this is better. I would go before the park opens and um, that I would just have this magical bird turn on all the rides for me and do all the things that I want to do. <laughs> okay, so that's two wishes, a VIP tour guide, getting to go early, and your third wish is a Club 33 membership? Yes, of course. How did you know? Because <laughs> it's also mine. <laughs> Julia wants to know if you have a favorite ride at Walt Disney World. Walt Disney World. I haven't been to Walt Disney World in so long. I'm sure I would have so many new rides. Um. Oh, do they have Soren there? I forgot. Soren is also yeah. my favorite, one of my favorite rides of all time. I love Soren. Soren's good. You also love Tower of Terror. I do love Tower of Terror. That is true. That is true. Lauren wants to know if you wish Call Me a Princess was still in Aladdin. No. Oh my gosh. I love you for even knowing that. No. But a part of me kind of wishes, it's so weird. There's so many Jasmine songs. There's To Be Free. D.D. Magno Hall, who who OG'd that song, which I think is so pretty. And then there's Call Me a Princess and then Palace Walls. And there's also Speechless from the um, live action film. I kind of wish that they would just do like a medley. That would be great. Hannah asks if you have a favorite moment in the movie, Aladdin. Oh, there's so many favorite moments, but I I think one of the oh, one of the best parts is when Aladdin sees Jasmine for the first time, and you just oh he just falls. It's just that love at first sight moment, you know. And she's just like being cute and sweet. She's not even doing anything special, and he just falls for her. It's that kind of um, romance that you just want in your life. You just want somebody to you know have that that moment when you're just walking down the street like ooh, i'm in love with her that's right and finally craig shares that you've mentioned how you cried the first time you saw a whole new world in rehearsal what was it like singing it for the first time on stage oh well unfortunately extremely nerve-wracking because <laughs> you're flying around and the sound is it's actually really hard the instrumental of the um, new arrangement for Broadway is so light and the sound and the speakers sound so different based on where the carpet moves and you're sitting and you're clipping in and you're doing all these things and you're you know pretending to be in love and there's like 75,000 elements and oddly whole new world is kind of a hard song to sing because it's like right in my mix and like where I break and like there's all these moments and so finally, after a while of really practicing it, I, I got it down to the point where I was like really acting. But I think the first time I did it, it was like nerve wracking. So I didn't get to fully enjoy it. But in my first time that I did it in rehearsals, I was able to even watch the magic carpet fly around while I sang in the house with a mic. And that was like, oh, so magical. It's time for some tough choices. Let's play Tweedledee or Tweedledum. Courtney, it's time for Tweedledee or Tweedledum. I'm going to give you two options. Let me know which one you prefer. Here we go. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Disneyland or Walt Disney World? Disneyland. Good night, everyone. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am a land boy as well. Disneyland is my place. Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Abu or Iago? Abu. Even though he's kind of, he's kind of like rude to Jasmine. But Iago is like so annoying. Fair, but fair. not Don Daryl Rivera. We love you. <laughs> Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Adventureland or Tomorrowland? Adventureland. Yeah. I think as Jasmine, you have to say that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. 
It's in your contract. Yeah. And finally, Tweedledee or Tweedledum, Friend Like Me or A Whole New World? A Whole New World. Both great songs. That's hard to make you choose. That's really tough. But That's whole tough. New world, but like yeah. Whole New World. Like, I mean, come on. In the movie when they're flying and like the birds are flying across from them and the one bird like freaks out and screams. It's like, ah! In the movie? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's hilarious. One of my favorite moments. <laughs> Courtney, if you could jump on a magic carpet and be brought to anywhere in a Disney park, where would you land? Ooh, Adventureland. And I'd, I'd get on that Cars ride. It's just so good. I love it so much. So you'd go right to California Adventure. You go right into Cars Land and off you go. Yes, yes. And would you be getting a Mickey Mouse ice cream bar for the journey? Absolutely. And you know what? I think what I would do is I would make my boyfriend get the sandwich so that I could try the sandwich. And then we would do, we would split skis. And if he's not up for that, I will do that for you. I love it so much. Great. And Courtney, what's the first thing you're going to do the next time you go to a Disney park? The first thing I'm going to do is, oh, that's so tough. What's the first thing I'm going to do? Um, I would probably, I'd probably stand in line and wait for Soren. I forgot how much I love that ride. And now that I'm remembering how much I love that ride, I usually ride it twice before I leave. So I'd ride it in the beginning. So that's the first thing I would do. And then I would end with Soren. Perfect. Courtney, thank you for joining me on E-Ticket to Broadway and sharing your love of Aladdin and Jasmine and Mickey Mouse ice cream bars and Cars Land and Soren. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we will see you at the parks. See you there. See you real soon on the next episode. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.